0: A reading from the book of Genesis. Then Rebekah and her maids rose up, mounted the camels, and followed the servant of Abraham. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Isaac went out in the evening to walk in the field, and looking up he saw camels coming. And Rebekah looked up, and when she saw Isaac, she slipped away from the camel and said to the servant, Who is the man over there walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things he had done. Then Isaac brought her to his mother Sarah's tent. He took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One
1: of my favorite teachers, and I think better teachers, is a fellow by the name of Les Robinson. He was my boss at the Center for Congregational Health for four years, and I still work with him. At the beginning of every day, he says, well, let's look at what we did yesterday to kind of review. And so I think it's good for us to look at what we talked about last Sunday earlier in Genesis. Review and then move on to to this story. You may may recall last week that Abraham takes his son Isaac, the, the son of the promise, whom Abraham loves more than life itself. And at God's command, Abraham goes to Moriah and according to the text, he does this, in order to do as God says, and I quote from the Scripture, offer him, the boy, his son, Isaac, offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you, God tells Abraham. Wow. Abraham, at least according to the text, asks no questions of God. Even though Isaac does ask questions of His father, Abraham. Abraham obeys what he understands to be God's command, I believe, because he trusts God. And he believes that God will be faithful and will act in his best interest. But try to put yourself in Abraham's place. It was tough taking our daughter to kindergarten letting her go to college. Put yourself in Isaac's place for crying out loud. What would you think? In either of them, what would you be willing to do? Would would you have have questions of, of God? If you were Isaac, what other questions would you ask of your father? Perhaps... As important a question is, after this event, what would your relationship be with God? Or as Isaac, what would your relationship be with your father? I don't know that we can make too much of it, but the truth is, is that this story in Genesis 22 that we looked at last week is the last recorded dialogue between Abraham and God. The last. It's also the last recorded dialogue between Abraham and and Isaac as well. The Isaac who goes up the mountain in Moriah is not the same Isaac who comes down, having experienced this near-death experience. He moves away from his father, if not emotionally, as the utter lack of dialogue may indicate. He does so at least geographically. Isaac moves away from his father. Isaac moves into the world on his own as a young adult. He has to make his own way. He cuts the cord and begins to live his own life. While relationship between father and son may no longer have been close, we're not certain, Abraham in his old age determines that to maintain the purity of their faith, He must send off to the home place and secure a wife for Isaac. Fast forward to chapter 24, our text for today. Isaac does live some distance from his father. He's out walking in a field one evening. He looks up and he sees camels coming. When Rebekah sees Isaac... Here's what the New Revised Standard says. And Rebecca looked up, and when she saw Isaac, she slipped quickly from the camel. Literally, she fell off her camel. Now, then, that we might wonder is it because, man, he was such a handsome dude? Or, oh, no, not that one. (laughs) We don't know. We don't know if Isaac says anything. The text is silent about that. But obviously, it appears that it's love at first sight. That's a part of maturing, people of God, and that's learning to love someone other than yourself. Learning to love and to give oneself in love to another is part of maturing. Not necessarily in a marriage, but learning to love another. Remember the commandment love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. But later on in the strange land, in the presence of King Abimelech, a little later on, Isaac says, guess what he says about Rebekah to the king? Oh, she's my sister. That's the same kind of adolescent behavior, if you recall, exhibited by Abraham, who does that not only once, but twice. We may think we're grown up, but not always. Isaac's caught in his lie when, according to Genesis 26, 8, the king looks out the window and he sees public display of affection. He sees them kissing and hugging. He knows by that that they are in love with each other. They simply cannot hide it. It shows when we love others, it shows the world will know. Wouldn't it be wonderful if McLean Baptist Church were known as a people who love? Not just the ones in this room. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be known as a people who encourage? A people whose love for God and others is obvious? because of the way we live and the way we treat each other. But truth is, it's easier to love someone like us, isn't it? It is for me. Rebecca is from Isaac's ethnic and religious neighborhood, so to speak. But it's a whole other thing for us to For our love to move beyond the comfortable, the usual, the known, those who look like us. A few verses later, though, in Genesis 26, we learn that Isaac flourishes in the midst of all this human diversity, this human difference. He plants seeds, he reaps a hundredfold and becomes rich, and the Philistines get jealous... And if you'll read on, Isaac negotiates with them in a manner that honors them and at the same time keeps his own family safe. Isaac not only survives in the midst of all this human diversity, this human difference, he thrives. He gains the respect of the Philistine king Abimelech and his people. Isaac is able to live in the midst of this kind of difference, this kind of human difference, this kind of diversity, this kind of non-God-fearing environment and is able to bear a positive witness to his God. That's our challenge, is it not, in the 21st century? Those of us who claim to follow Jesus should be awed in this world should be different the early disciples were odd they were different than their culture Morton Kelsey points out that all of us begin our lives preoccupied with ourselves the term for that is narcissistic we begin to get to know ourselves. Have you ever seen a baby discover their feet or their fingers? or Just getting to know themselves. But then as we mature, we begin to move out into other relationships, usually those who are like us. In this way, we're able to more fully explore our own identities. We're do, we can do that by comparing and checking ourselves against others. We're just more comfortable. We're just more at ease to be around people like us. Kelsey calls these relationships mirror relationships in that they mirror back to us what we look like, who we are. And there are some who get stuck there, right? Right? That's where prejudice, racism, xenophobia, misogyny, on and on and on, when people are different and we can't handle it because we're not comfortable around somebody that's not like us. But then Kelsey maintains that most people move out towards those not like oneself, and are able to to care for and relate to diverse forms of human beings, all created in the image of God. Which reminds me of the words of the one we claim to follow. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you, only, if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what, what more are you doing than others? Do, do not even Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your father, your heavenly father, is perfect. Our enemy our enemy are those whom we consider not like ourselves, aren't they? It's odd to hear these words of the one we claim to follow in the the one we claim to follow in the twenty first century. It's just downright odd. truth is i have trouble feeling close to people who are different from a different culture a different ethnicity different ideas different religions but the witness of this scripture is that a mature faith involves like isaac The ability to move away from the known, the comfortable, the usual, and branching out into the unknown and finding God there as well. How often do we huddle with people who look like we do, who believe like we do, who behave like we do, and run from or attack all others? If you still have last Sunday's Washington Post, there's a front-page article, The Headline is a Question. Love thy neighbor? It speaks of trying to live with human diversity. Carlisle Marnie dedicated his book, Faith in Conflict, in this manner. To Victor who agrees with me in nothing, but is my friend in everything. Very few times, if ever, in the history of humankind have more twelve diverse people been put together than Jesus when he put his disciples together. Perhaps you remember the name of Elizabeth Cady Stanton, a leader of human, of human rights crusades in the late 19th century. In 1895, she published what she termed a women's Bible, which was a series of interpretations from a women's point of view and received great criticism, great criticism. But she held to her convictions, and she said, "'Come, come, my friends. "'Wipe the dew off your spectacles and see that the world is moving.'" Can you and I who claim to follow Jesus wipe the dew off our spectacles and like Isaac, mature and relate to, but perhaps more importantly, listen to and actually hear people who are different from us and what they're saying? Can we do that? As the world moves on, it gets smaller and smaller. Yesterday, one of our sons-in-law had breakfast in Bucharest, lunch in London, and dinner in Gaffney, South Carolina. We no longer have to go to the world. The world has come to us. Seldom do I get on the elevator in the building where we live and don't encounter significant human difference very seldom is there not a hijab or a kimar or a niacab. A woman dressed. A woman of a different faith who has little children and she wants the same thing for her children that we want for ours. Recently, one of our members told me that 65% of the people living in Tyson's Corner where I live are men which is unusual for this area and the majority of them are either Asian or Middle Eastern as the world comes to us how will we be found will we be found as intolerant and lacking charity or will we be found faithful faithful to our faith Faithful to our Lord, but also faithful, faithful to listening to, valuing, caring, and loving those not like us. Pray with me. Oh God, grow us up so that the world will know that we are Christians. That we are Christians Not just by what we say, but by our love, by the ways that we embody the love of Jesus Christ. That others, not just those that look like us, think like us, believe like us, act like us. But God, that we will show love, your love to all creation including those whom we consider to be enemies. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. (laughs) Our hymn of invitation and commitment is number 272. They will know we are Christians by our love. The doors of the church swing open wide. (laughs) If you would confess your faith in Jesus Christ, if you would like to unite with this church, in the ways that we receive members. There's information in the back of the pew. There's information about the invitation in your your order of worship. I invite you to come as we stand and sing. brief interlude, we will have a special called church conference and then the regular quarterly church conference. And now may God bless you. May Christ save you. And may God's Holy Spirit bring healing to you, to all your relationships in the name of God, our creator, Christ, our redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, our comforter. Go in God's peace.